Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Starling City. Not that we went anywhere, it's just you didn't get to hear us for a week. This is now episode 18 of Starling City, with myself, Alistair Kennedy, and my co-host... Oh, Ross. Just Ross, damn it. Why did you do Just that? Ross. Why? I know, it's brilliant. <laughs> Something's wrong with you, man. Something's wrong with you. Um, how sad my life is, you know. That's, that's, the only, that's the only thing I get enjoyment now, is just by tricking you about what I want to say. <laughs> um, yep, and we are your hosts through, guiding you through the world of Arrow. Um, last week was the end of our Judd Winnick run. We took a wee bit of a break this week with a comic I suggested, Poison Tomorrow, which was a Green Arrow Batman duo book. Um, the episode last week, uh, what was the episode of uh, Arrow City called? Of City, City of, of Blood. Blood. So it, it kicked off our um, the double. I suppose the season finale has been split mm. over two two episodes. So this uh, this Almost episode three. set up. So yeah, pretty much three. Yeah, I suppose. Mm. Yes, yeah, kind of a, a trilogy leading up to our finale. But yes, <laughs> we we will be covering City of Blood. Very good. Yes, and uh, Ross, I believe, is going to fill us in a bit. Giggity on um, <laughs> Ravager. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll cover Ravager uh, briefly, uh, just to sort of let everyone know. Um, really, I was chatting to some folk who were getting confused as to who Ravager really is and who um, I've completely forgotten her name, uh, who Isabel Rochev is, and people were, and I'd like to sort of get that out of the way. So yeah, I'll yeah. be covering that towards the end of the show. So, yeah. Good stuff. But before we begin, we've got no questions. Send us your questions. We love them. Um, we did get a couple of bits of news today arrow related ross about the a certain spoiler alert if you don't want to know anything about the finale stop listening ross what did you read up today that rumored to appeared and the image get taken down oh yes yeah um, uh, the forums that i visit um were in quite a lot of buzz uh, because somebody snapped i think it was like a uh, one of those sort of shaky mobile phone images that people take when they're filming sets of uh, a certain Mr. Harper uh, in a red mask and a red outfit. Um, and there's been big buzzes that uh, towards the actual season finale will have um, Roy Harper uh, cured and um, fighting alongside Arrow with the ending being Green Arrow, being the actual name used by the public to differentiate between the two. Uh, the two vigilantes of Starling City. Now, I've not seen the picture myself. Uh, I was on the forum and it got taken down and uh, there's been all a bit of a hoo-ha because nobody bothered a backside to um, mirror the link that, that had been posted up, so there's no way for us to actually see it. However, all the chatter on it said that um, it's definitely looking like it's leading to the the traditional green arrow red arrow look. There was also some other, according to the article as well, some other tidbits talking about how Thea um, is looking likely to be taken away for the majority of season three by Merlin, and she could return as Speedy. I've got um, the I've got the image, Ross. I'm going to put it up on the Facebook. Did you find the image? Bloody hell, how yeah. did you get it? I couldn't find it. Um, anyway, as uh, so there was also the thing, there's been spoilers or rumours about Thea um, taking on the mantle of Speedy, and if people um, remember, Thea's middle name is Dearden, and in mm -hmm. the Judge Winnick run, there was Mia Dearden, who was Speedy. Mia rhymes with Thea, so people assume that it could be a sort of Connor Hawk, Oliver Queen with... Um, Thea taking on the mantle as Speedy as well. Obviously, Connor Hawk being the Roy Harper of it, you know, for season three. So it'll be quite interesting that actually happens if you have three sort of Arrow people uh, kicking about. But yeah, that was the big news. I mean, it kind of caught me by surprise. I genuinely didn't um, genuinely didn't expect that one today when I was at work. So 
Uh, I was, I was, I'm, I'm quite intrigued, and it's really getting me sort of um, hyped up as to what we could be left on as our, uh, as our sort of you know cliffhanger. So yeah, um, looking forward to it. Should be fun, and it kind of makes sense if Roy has a mask because he's killed people, so he'd have to yeah. hide his identity. And and everyone or everyone so far knows that a hood and some spray paint over your eye seems to do the trick. So <laughs> you know, uh, this is definitely. But yes, that was a big one. Uh, that's that's the big sort of news thing that, we've, that I heard. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really pumped now for the next for the next couple of episodes. Um, yeah, did you take a look at that picture? I did, yes, I, I did. I just saw it there, and uh, yeah, it's it's looking good. It's definitely. I mean, it's even a red bow he has. It could be yeah. the fact that I'm pretty sure Nissa has a red bow, so it could even be the fact that he picks up Nissa's red bow. Maybe she dies and he takes on the bow, and um, it looks like he's still wearing his red hoodie anyway. But I can definitely, you can just make out some form of red um, mask across his face. So. Yeah, it's looking, it's quite interesting to see that, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see him take on, because I've only really seen him a couple of times using the bow, and he wasn't really very, he wasn't that very good, so yeah, uh, be good, what do you think about it, is, is this is this yes. something that you were hoping, <laughs> yes. hoping for? And, yeah. You know what it is, don't try and tease <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is, like, you can't have, like, a superhero show, that is definitely a legit picture, and you can kind of see it's blood. Roy's got a mask on. Like you said, it makes sense. He's got the red bow. It looks like a compound bow rather than Arrow's standard bow. Could be wrong. Or does Arrow use a compound? I don't know the difference. I'm not a bow person. I'm not going to pretend. Um, but yeah, actually kind of, if you squint, it looks like a scene from Star Wars. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's up in the Facebook anyway. Like I said, we're recording live now. Not that anyone will hear this live, but... Hopefully people will send us thoughts throughout the show and we can read them if any of them come in. Um, Definitely. But uh, I, you, yeah, so. you can't get too many masked heroes in DC Comics, ever. Oh, no, definitely not. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's going to be. It's, I mean, this is, it's, you know, we're at the second season in and, and Roy really needs to do this this turn, especially for the kickoff of season three because with what now looks like in that picture, we're going to be starting off... Um, the third season with like vigilantes everywhere so it's going to be a really interesting dynamic that season three could hold up and now the big question we have is when are we going to see it is it going to be on tonight's episode is it going to be next week on the actual finale so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out yeah uh, uh Stephen Amos literally four minutes ago posting his facebook started from the bottom now we here and at the top it's got him when he was about five with a superman t-shirt and then it's got him as arrow at the bottom <laughs> <laughs> just seen that as well yeah <laughs> uh, i love Stephen Amos' facebook he's he's really good and active and hopefully one day we'll get him on the show at some point he's a hard man to get a hold of finishes his work and on his break he starts working in his wine his vineyard in australia <laughs> something else and he did a very interesting q a i suppose that's the mm. news where they he posted up another video where he answered some fan questions which is quite quite insightful he is a very funny guy and, and it's it's great to see him actually personally managing his page rather than leaving it to an assistant which is even more respectful so yeah good yeah i would definitely follow him and there was another bit of news not quite arrow related but still in the dc verse and sometimes we like to touch in the dc verse the gotham extended trailer got released during after sorry after 24 following the teaser trailer that was during 24 um my initial thoughts of it i'm gonna tell you and i'm gonna hand over to ross i had worries about this i thought it was gonna be smallville with batman if this show sticks to what the trailer showed style this is gonna be an amazing show what did you make of it i'm quietly confident i'm a little more confident as a than i was a couple months ago you know i was under the same impression as you i mean if they if they 
just solely focused, well, not solely, but if they have the main primary focus on James Gordon trying to sort of um, navigate his way through Gotham City while Gotham itself tries to figure out what it's going to do, the void that's been created by the Waynes, and it could be a very interesting crime drama with obviously sprinkled in with the little kid side of things. But, you know... I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I've got a funny feeling the pilot might not be that good because they'll be throwing as much references and as much stuff to people as possible. This could be a show that you might have to wait until the fourth or fifth episode before it finally sort of finds its feet. Um, it's it's quite interesting. I mean, I didn't expect it to be the style that it was. I mean, it was very more. It looked a bit more grittier than I expected. I thought it was going to be a wee bit more brighter. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm quietly confident. You know, I can understand why it's got this. Uh, it's been already ordered for a full season, and they must have quite a lot of confidence well, in it. And there was a reason be behind that, Ross. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but the Fox Network actually signed a pre-agreement that they had to take it on, or they would lose money. One of those, I can't remember. Uh, the name. That makes a lot more sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, I am. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I mean, it'd be good to see another. I mean. If you think about it, uh, this September coming or September October coming is just going to be a fantastic time for DC comic fans because we have season three of Arrow, we have season one of The Flash, we have Constantine, and now we have Gotham, and all four seem to be from promo shots, and now this trailer seem to be uh, strong enough and entertaining enough to keep us to keep it going. So it's going to be quite an interesting an interesting fall anyway to start things off. So yeah, well, I, I think it'll be it'll be good for comic fans all over because I'm quite sure over at Marvel they're doing some. Uh, Luke Cage and Daredevil TV shows. Yes, I think Netflix has about three yeah. or four TV shows that they're going to start going. I don't know when. I think it might be a 2015 slot right. for Marvel, but but still though, it's it's going to be great. I mean, so if you think about it, maybe this time next year it, we could be listing off about ten superhero TV shows. You know, let's just not start a podcast for each one. <laughs> let's just. I know. Not. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just uh, a TV show podcast. <laughs> you never know; we could get there one day. Um, well, this picture. Uh, back to the picture again, Ross. I'm liking it. Uh, it looks like a, we'll describe it again. It's on the Facebooks. So check it out there. It's, it's well, it'll be on the Facebook. Um, and it's off the TV set. It clearly is. Um, I'm happy with it. I'm really happy with it. I am, and it, as I said, it just it makes sense, you know. Especially like if they need Roy to help them out, he can't go about with people knowing who he is after what happened in the rampage. And and you know, I did have sort of reservations, and I didn't really like how they dealt with that section of the episode, as I explained beforehand. However, now it makes more sense. It it now gives him a a reason why he should be masked and hooded, you know. And now now he genuinely is a vigilante, you know, on the run from the police and stuff. So you know, it's it's going to be really interesting. And I'm now just super excited to find out whether or not it's going to be in tonight's or the next week. So I mean, it's only two episodes left. So you know, yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, we'll crack on with our comic. And do you want me to intro it since I chose it? Yes, yeah, yeah, this was all, all, all you, Alistair, so yep, you hit off with our with the comic. <laughs> um, okay, so this this week I decided to take a little break from our um, uh, Judd Winnick run, uh, because we're at the end. I didn't choose it, Judd Winnick ended it, blame him. Um, I thought I would break it up a bit, because next week we're moving on to Green Arrow Volume 4, I believe, Ross. 
Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this this book, it's kind of a one one off sort of deal. It doesn't really tie into either character specifically at any point in the story. Although obviously certain things that are said, you could fit it in. But it's a standalone read. It's uh, written. So if you this is your first episode of Star City Radio, this is perfect for you as well. Um, it's uh, authored by Dennis O'Neill and Archie Goodwin. Um, yeah, it's not a long comic. It came out in 1992. Um, it's definitely not a long comic at all. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's basically a story um, of Green Arrow and Batman working together. Now, I had this for a while, and I gave it to Ross, and we, we'd sat on it, and Ross read it one night, intoxicated, and I had not touched this at all, and I was worried. I thought... They're going to make Batman take over. They're going to not show enough Batman. You know, I was worried about one. I feel with this comic, it's not perfect by any means. It's a good read. But they gave both characters ample page time, I felt. And it it's perfect for fans of Batman and Green Arrow. And it was good um, to see them both working together. And, well, they were kind of forced to because at the start, they were chasing a guy through the supermarket who was kind of... Uh, yeah, Ollie wanted him because Dinah was poisoned and Batman wanted him. I don't know if we found out the reason. I think he just wanted him because he's, he's Batman. And um, <laughs> he, he was going to take him in and Ollie said, no, I'm going to, um, I need him. And it, it ends up a big, long story. Not a big, long story because it's not heavy on the writing. It's an easy read and it ends up Poison Ivy's the villain. The basis of this story, you've got Batman, Green Arrow, plenty of action, Poison Ivy's your villain, looking quite hot at the, the beginning, I might say, when she's at the doctor's office, and uh, she plans on basically poisoning the world and becoming queen of the world. That's literally your story, and it's up to Batman and Green Arrow to save them, both driven by different um, viewpoints, and I think the way Ollie talks in it, it was his first meeting of Poison Ivy. Like I said, I don't know if this is canon, it follows along, but he didn't know who she was. Batman knew she was the villain, and he said that she was Arkham-style crazy. Ollie thought she was quite hot <laughs> as he does <laughs> and his motivation through this is saving Dinah uh, it's quite, quite a brutal ending I will say Batman basically rubbing it in the guy's face like salt to the wound and um, I, I won't spoil it well yeah spoilers you should have been reading along so uh, I'll spoil it after Ross has gave us his point of view so were you pleased were you disappointed with your Padawan's choice in Green Arrow book it was good. It was good. As you said, it's it's light reading. It's it's light reading. It's um, like toilet. It's like sort of toilet reading. Yeah. You know, you can sit down. I mean, it only takes about thirty, forty minutes to batter through. It's it's, a, it's like an extended issue sort of idea. You know, than than a, than a normal issue. But it was it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Actually, it was something different as well. A different tone, different sort of pacing than what we've been used to with the George Winnick stuff. And and it was nice to sort of like view because we've been reading seventy five issues of of one person's interpretation of Green Arrow. It was nice to sort of finally see somebody else's interpretation of Green Arrow, along with Batman, you know. I did feel part of it that Batman overshadowed Green Arrow a little bit and he kind of made made Green Arrow feel a little bit dumb but then again you're up against the the best detective in the world so what do you expect sort of idea, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, o- overall though, it was a great, it was a nice sort of contrast between the two characters with Green Arrow's sort of social conscious um, views of what was going on, along with Batman who just wanted to get straight to the point and 
get ev- and seek justice, you know. And you know, Green Arrow's the more emotionally charged mm. character out, out of the duo, you know, with obviously having Dinah being in trouble, and you know, you could see how Batman didn't really, not that he didn't really care, he just kind of was looking at kind of going, yeah, that's just a side thing. I just want to focus on the job, whereas you know, Green Arrow's all over the place. Um, but no, it was good. It, it was really interesting reading. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that you picked that one out. Actually, I really was, and. It's quite good, and I really enjoyed the dark twist. You know, I think it needed that. It needed something like that, and it was. And it just sort of showed how badass Batman still is, even with Green Arrow and the same thing. And and it's more what what kind of question he's kind of going. I wonder what Green Arrow would have said if he found out that that's how Batman left the the whole thing. Oh, you know, yeah. that way where like he's like, oh, you've just killed your kids, basically. You know, it'd be oh, interesting God. to see if like how Green Arrow would have done that. He's, he's a um, very dark turn. I mean, like, okay, you yeah. can say Poison Ivy's whole motivation was dark, but at the very end, Batman just going oh by the way your kids are going to die yeah I, I genuinely didn't expect it you know I thought they were going to find the cure and then cure everyone and it's all fine and everyone goes to jail and, and that's about it really but then when he does come around and goes nah your your kids are fucked I was like oh okay there it is alright Batman that's cool yeah. um, but no overall I mean the, the artwork isn't my taste of artwork like mm. you know it, it's 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 very nice you know but it's just I'm just not very into that sort of like late 80s, early 90s sort of style of um, of uh, Batman, specifically Batman actually, to be honest, because obviously you can see that um, that uh, Green Arrow is kind of based off the Mike Grell yeah. look that, uh, that he gave him, you know, and, yeah. and as you said there, you, you can fit it in with the Mike Grell's run knowing that um, he's based in Seattle. So you can get an idea that it would be set around the time of like the Longbow Hunters or maybe before the Longbow Hunters, you know. So it's quite nice that you can fit it in as a fan, but you also don't need to know any sort of backstory to these characters whatsoever, you know. And, and it's it's another good wee sort of intro read too. It's something different, you know. And I did I did like it overall, you know. It was good, and it was nice to sort of see Poison Ivy in the mix as well, rather than just another generic like like Merlin or Joker or something like that. You know, it was nice to see another another villain take center yeah. stage for once too. And and it's, it's it's a villain that you don't really read that much about no, unless no, you, you go out specifically seeking for Poison Ivy. You know, I think she's more in tune with the Birds of Prey style um, storylines. So it's nice to see Poison Ivy, and and she really does hold herself up against the likes of Batman and Green Arrow too. And and yeah, it was good. It, I did. I genuinely enjoyed it, and it is a nice. It's a nice read, and it was a nice change to what we've been uh, in a good way as well. You know, a nice change to what was um, uh, what was originally sort of discussed in that. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Good. No, see, I I, I, I kind of agreed with you in the artwork. I'm not a fan of like, as they say, the golden age of comics. I prefer the more modern styles, especially like um, I can't remember the artist's name, but the one that did uh, Carnage USA, where it almost looks photorealistic. Um, I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. But yeah, this one, kind of, it was obviously written uh, in the 2000, 2002, did I say? I can't remember. But it was um, it was drawn in that way purposely, I think, so that it could be classic. But there was there was one panel that just got me, like when Batman is fight, uh, jumps out of the car and goes for the truck and the truck goes off the edge of the bridge. When the side of the road splintered, I'd said that to you, the, the sort of yellow outline that they made to almost kind of 3D-ish affect it, I really like that that part of it. Yeah, it was nice. And I, I, just, I, I mean, like, the, the artwork is all right. I mean, if Mike Grell did it, I reckon I would have a different opinion. Uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't like the way 
Batman's cape was. That just it, mm. it really irritated me the way that I mean, like every shot of Batman, his cape was flapping in sort of the style of the bat symbol. And I was like, gonna oh, don't really need that. You know, it's like an alleyway and it's cramped already, and there's like capes taking up everything. It's like kind of like, all right, calm down with your your cape flapping around. And again, I'm just not a fan of. It's, in all honesty, it's actually more Batman's uh, drawing than anything else. I just didn't ah. like. You know, I I I just don't prefer that bat suit that was drawn in with him and stuff like, you know, and the overly long pointy the long ears, ears yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't really good for me. As for Green Arrow, Green Arrow fed him quite well because that, that was the style that Green Arrow was drawn in at that time. You know, that sort of very Earl look from um, Robin Hood and stuff like, you know, and it was nice to see him back with his decent goatee again. Yeah. And again, because we were loving that sort of, that great modern looking artwork uh, through the Judge Winnick run. It was nice to sort of go back to some traditional stuff. But then again, unfortunately, in my personal opinion, I just don't I just don't prefer it, you know. Yeah. It's still good overall though. It is it's a cracking read, you know, and it is like a toilet read, you know, something you just flick through when you're waiting on something to happen. You know, it's only sixty six pages long. So again it's like two issues long basically, you know. So it's 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 definitely worth the read. It's it's probably more for for people that uh that know a wee bit more about Green Arrow in order to jump in. I wouldn't jump into this as like your first ever Green Arrow, um, but still, it's still good overall. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll we'll finish that up there. Uh, next week we will be reading. It's the collected as the Kill Machine Volume Four of Green Arrow. Apparently, the place to start. It's the issues seventeen to twenty four and twenty three point one. I hate those point one bloody issues they throw in yeah, everywhere. It's... The villain, I think, I think that's the Count Vertigo one, the um, which is based on sort of like the villains, um, the villain run that they did back uh, before Forever Evil, Forever Evil started. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's good. I've read it already, and um, it is. I can see where people are talking about it, but uh, we'll get into more of that next week. But yes, uh, Volume Four. It just got. It, it came out. You can get it for a, a decent price, the eleven quid on Amazon. You can get the full volume and. Hopefully we'll be able to catch up with the proper run as well after we get through Volume 4. So, yeah. uh, yep, that's for next week. So, yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. So how many arrows out of your quiver would you fire at the Poison tomorrow? I'm going to go for four arrows for the Poison tomorrow. Mm. You know, I really did enjoy it, yeah. I've, I'm going to go for four. You know, I was surprisingly impressed with it. So Cool. So I'll, I'll agree with you there and we'll give it an overall four. <laughs> That was a terrible <laughs> arrow thing. Um, it was like, oh, never mind. That was awful. That was like rubber tip. That arrow was like boom, 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 boom. That was that was a bass guitar. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Um, so, so yeah, um, four out of five arrows. Definitely try it out. And uh, like we said, volume four of uh, the new Fifty Two Green Arrow next week, which is apparently the place you should start anyway, as Ross has been telling us. But we will move on to our segment of discussion based on. CW's Arrow. It was City of Blood was the episode title. It's the third to last episode and it kind of felt like more of a set-up episode than a complete episode to stand alone, which is fine because some standalone episodes, Birds of Prey, doesn't really work. Um, but Ross, what, what did you make of this episode? I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was amazing. There are a couple of things that were a bit... I think there's probably two major points that that irritated me throughout the entire thing. But in all honesty, I thought this was one of the strongest episodes they've pulled out so far, mainly because their focus on the emotional drama over action just really, really hit home. And especially, obviously, after coming from the shock 
death of Moira. And, uh, you know, I was expecting them to go straight into, like, the crazy war with Slade, you know, like, Ollie blinded with fury and anger, just hitting him in and, and you know, like, striking him as soon as possible. Mm. But I was, I was, like, on the back foot when I realised how they really drawn, like, they really sort of pulled out this emotional drama that they had and and it, it, it was deserving of a character like Moira to really focus on how it how the after effects and the shockwaves went through each family member as well and I liked how it slowly ominously built up to the very very abrupt ending of the episode where yeah. we kind of saw everything going I mean that's the first irritating point how abrupt that ending was at first i thought something had gone wrong and i was like wait yeah. is that it finished <laughs> yeah like, that's, that's what tasha said as well she was like oh no it can't finish <laughs> yeah i was like i was like fair dudes like you get that sort of like oh wait till next week but this one was just like so so abrupt i was like hang on a minute have i have i missed part of the program i had to like rewatch it a couple times ago oh that actually is a finished it finished that abrupt it was like halfway through a shot and i was like boom finished i was like whoa <laughs> okay but no it was good i mean as as i said there the, the whole story focuses on the queens adjusting to life after moira and we start seeing oliver's um life pretty much the last remnants of his life crumbling away and now that um, moira's passed off thea's completely and utterly disowned him and uh, we obviously see Ollie himself realising that um, all is lost and there's nothing that he can really do until Team Arrow sort of pull him back from the brink. And, and I think and, they listened uh, to this show because we were wondering what they were all going to do for work and the nightclub get took off them and all the characters seemed to continually comment on what Diggle and Felicity were going to do when Ollie couldn't pay them, so... <laughs> yeah, it's quite good. Again, it's like answering those questions too and mm. stuff like that, which is brilliant. And I mean, overall, it was good and... It was nice to see. It was. It was nice to see sort of like Laurel getting some some more credible acting in there. Mm. You know, I'm. I'm not warming to her completely. I'm slowly warming to her. You know, I think I'm going to need. I think I'm going to need to have to spend season three. That's when she's got to impress me big style. Um, but no, Laurel. Laurel was okay. We kind of needed that. Um, of course, Oliver decided to tell the entire city that he was Arrow, except for Quentin Lance, who still is the only person, and Thea, that doesn't know what the hell's going on. Uh, but uh, there was great um, acting between Amel and I think it's David Alejandro, Alejandro that does um, that plays Brother Blood. Uh, fantastic acting between those two guys, you know, and it was brilliant to sort of finally see their friendship completely. Um, crumble away you know both as arrow and as oliver you know when he finally realized that it was uh that he knew all along his mum was going to die um so yeah and then obviously we had felicity being the, the badass that she is <laughs> the bitch with wi-fi <laughs> the, the greatest quote from that entire episode <laughs> so good and um, so yeah it was good to see again it was it was nice i think this was like sort of the final the final episode that arrow writers had to really to really spend time on each character because I reckon we're just going to get swept up in the overall sort of war for Starling City over the next two episodes that we're not going to get enough time to focus on characters and you kind of it kind of wrapped up some emotional drama as well so now we can just you know it's almost as if they go right we've got the boring emotional stuff out of the way now it's just pure like action you know yeah. for the next two two episodes which is going to be great we're not going to get bogged down you know having to stop every so often to explain an emotional drama section but um but yeah i really really enjoyed it um yeah i, I really enjoyed it what did you think um it wasn't my favorite episode that i've seen um but that's because it's part of a bigger episode i felt it was more like 
episode one of a three-parter, you know, like, it was more setting things up for the last two episodes, like tonight's one and um, next week's finale. Uh, it did its job that way, but if you were telling somebody to start watching Arrow, you wouldn't recommend this episode as, yeah, start there. Obviously, you would say episode one, but if they went, no, 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 a more recent one, I'd probably say the Barry Allen Flash one. Uh, but, yeah, you know that way where I wouldn't say it was the strongest standalone episode, but it works as part of a whole. Yeah, that's more like it raised the bar in terms of like the stakes as well and it is it's more one that you'd have to watch sort of bookended by a couple of other good episodes you know and i think for people that may um obviously if you listen to the show and and, and you still haven't got up this far then, then we've kind of spoiled everything for you but it, it it's an episode where i would have actually preferred to have watched it back to back with maybe the next two episodes mm. that we're about to see in the coming weeks i think maybe we might have appreciated it that that much more i've just totally taken aback by how abrupt it finished like i was just so enveloped like so sort of wrapped up in what was going on and real to realize it finished i was like oh no what oh bugger and then having to wait until obviously tonight um but still no it was good it was good overall and um, the, the one piece that annoyed me as well was that bloody ravager costume now is it just me or did that costume not sort of jump onto screen as well as i expected i mean that forehead just looked massive <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a huge forehead and it just and i mean that like when i first saw the um the sort of spoilered um uh, photos a couple of weeks ago about the costume at first i thought that looks ridiculous or maybe you know that way where sometimes you see a costume someone's take a picture of but you sit there go oh the way they're going to film it is going to make it look better than what it looked like no nah, this this costume was just ridiculous it <laughs> was just so bad and i've in the previews for the episode that's airing tonight they have you do see uh, isabel with the costume on but without the mask so hopefully they've taken that into account and then it just looked ridiculous and <laughs> <laughs> um, that was pretty much like yeah that was kind of i mean it was it was a poor sort of debut for for ravager and um uh, but no you know i just i just didn't think uh, i just didn't think that um that sort of open mouth type deathstroke mask worked very well um but no, yeah, it'd be quite interesting as well. I mean, it's going to be quite interesting to see if CW um, address, obviously, in the comics, Deathstroke has uh, a son and daughter, uh, Grant Wilson and Rose Wilson. So it'd be interesting to see if they, if uh, CW will address, or Arrow will address his son and daughter, or if they're going to combine the two and just have it as sort of Isabel as as uh, his sort of aide and sort of best best buddy instead. Um, which obviously I'll get into a wee bit more later on the show. Um, but no, what did you think of the Ravager costume? Were you in the same sort of ballpark uh, as me? Or I, I wasn't. I wasn't blown away with it. Like I think the Arrow costume's perfect. It fits along with the Nolan trilogy style, and I know they have to do this. But it it, it brings me back to the Flash costume. I'm not happy with the shade of red. And I would rather have the symbol with white, but we don't always get what we want. And I think sometimes they can go too far into the realism states. And I'm basing this more in the Flash costume rather than the Ravage costume. But, I mean, there has to come a point where they go, okay, Nolan worked for a while, but at some point we have to brighten this up slightly. You know, I'm hoping in the Flash away maybe gets a new suit eventually and that's a prototype or whatever. But... Um, the Ravager costume. I, I'm not too familiar with the character. That's why I'm looking forward to the character profile in a minute. But yeah, it didn't jump out the screen as if to say, "Wow, look at me!" But then Nessa's costume at first, it just looked like a standard one. Her upcoming costume, however, looks a bit 
more detailed and it's got some red in it as well which brings back to you saying Roy might end up having that bow so I, they do a lot of things right and some things they could do better that's what I'll say about the costumes yeah I, I, yeah certainly I, I do agree with your points there as well I just um, and I, I just when, when I kind of knew how the costume looked in the comic books and I was intrigued to see how it would like sort of like see and real in live action I'm, I'm kind of glad that I've so far I've, I've seen her without the mask and she just seems to be fighting or like wandering around in the costume minus the mask which I think is better and no honestly Summer Glow is that stunning that, that you, you yeah. know there's no point trying to cover up the mask um, but no I mean overall it was quite good and as I said it, it really was a set up episode it was one to really um yeah, to to sort of whet our appetites for the next for the upcoming episodes, and I just I really enjoyed the um, the emotionally charged scenes as well that they had uh, throughout as each person tried to sort of deal with Moira's passing, mm. especially Oliver. You know, I didn't expect him to sort of crumble as much as he did. You know, like pretty much, you know, going to commit suicide and giving up. You know, I didn't expect him to go down that far. Uh, down the road, and you know, it was it was good to see Team Arrow sort of bringing him back from the grim from the brink as well of you know trying to give him up and stuff like that. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out and how that falls out. Maybe did will the team lose trust in him because he mm. gave up so quickly, or do you think whether or not he might you know he might get sort of you know uh, it might sort of show that he's he's as he can be human at some point, you know. Um, but no, it was good. It was good overall. I really did enjoy it. And I'm just more excited now to see how we're going to continue on from that from that episode. Yeah, and I think a good way of doing it, like I was planning for us to do on Sterling City Radio for the listeners, uh, season two summary and a kind of comparison to season one. And I think it would be good after the week that we cover the finale, when there's no episode of Arrow, for us to take a look back for a couple of weeks and talk about a few standout episodes again and compare it to season one and how it's developed and maybe watch the season finale and the three part that it seems like it was intended to be. Sounds a good idea to me. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, there's so much has gone on in this season. Yeah. I think it would be, it would be quite beneficial to, to like digest what, 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 we've, <laughs> what we've seen. And I think an episode like this, you know, I think it, it could be a couple of weeks down the line before we really either get appreciate or, get to understand why what they've done and why they've done it you know i think we're still so wrapped up in wanting to see what's going to happen next without being able to sort of like really you know dissect what was going on but again i just i just honestly this show just surprises me at every corner and especially with like the drama it puts out and the acting it puts out it's absolute quality and absolute class and so far apart from the birds of prey episode was the only really major blip that they've had this season mm. you know and and again just like the way the characters play out with each other is just, it's absolutely phenomenal what they've done CW, you know, they really have and and again, hopefully we're going to see the sort of culmination of all this hard work over the next couple of episodes and this episode did it justice by setting up what could be some crazy ass um, ass kicking basically so yes it's good. good stuff so we'll finish up the episode discussion tonight's episode obviously airing tonight in america um will be discussed next week but ross is going to take us through his character profile of the week ross what have you got for us Yes, I think um I think I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up with Ravager tonight. Um mm-hmm. to sort of explain who or what Ravager is and and this Isabel Rochev. I know I've already covered Isabel Rochev, but I'll need to bring her in again. Uh, the reason I brought this in is I had a couple of people asking me, like, who is Isabel Rochev? Is Isabel Rochev Ravager in the comic books or are they two separate uh, characters? They are two separate characters, that's the best way to go for it. 
Um, Ravager is like is a name, is a term or a name given to uh, given by Deathstroke to uh, to certain people that have like sort of fought alongside him. You know, he's a Rav- Ravager is associated with Slade Wilson, basically. You know, as when he's Deathstroke, you know, it's sort of another code name that he would give. Uh, persons. The first sort of Ravager who donned the mantle of Ravager was Grant Wilson, which was um, Deathstroke's uh, eldest son. And basically, as Grant Wilson was working for a mercenary for Hive, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Hive, as he was assigned to kill the Teen Titans. I mean, the the, the Wilson family just hate the Teen Titans, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, like Grant Grant Wilson had to take down the Teen Titans, and he dons on the mantle as as uh, as sort of like you know Ravager, you know, to take on what was going on, and then. From Grant Wilson, it then moved on to, I think it was Bill Walsh, who was a former rival of Deathstroke's. And um, before he could take on the name Ravager, uh, Ravager, he was uh, involved in sort of kidnapping one of Slade's other sons, Jericho. And um, basically that caused a whole load of things. I think Jericho's throat got slit or something like that and he became mute. Um, but as Ravager, um, sort of Walsh tries to infiltrate Slade to take him down, because obviously Slade would trust whoever was under the mantle as Ravager. Um, so from there, it then moves on to a guy called Wade Lafarge, which is uh, Slade's half brother. So it's a kind of it says a family code name Ravager, you know, and and basically he's he also used the code name Ravager to target Slade. Uh, finally, and. This is the one that everyone might know as Rose Wilson as the daughter of Deathstroke takes on the mantle as Ravager as well, sort of an anti-hero and daughter of Slade. Uh, and then, you know, she actually becomes part of the Teen Titans as well um, because, as I said, she is an anti-hero, so she, rather than taking them down, she actually joins up with them and teams up a couple of times. Now, it's the Rose Wilson section that I want to get onto quite a few bit because in the, um, in the comic books, that's obviously Slade's daughter. Now, in Arrow, the TV show, Isabel Rochev has now taken on what looks like to be Ravager. Now, she hasn't been specifically mentioned as Ravager, but her costume just looks exactly like the costume Ravager wears. So a lot of people are wondering whether or how Arrow are going to play this. You know, in the comic books, Ravager is a family code name given down the line. Are we going to find out is Isabel actually going to be Slade's daughter or Slade's niece or, you know, a, a relative maybe to Slade Wilson at all? Or are they going to keep it completely separate and they're just using it as fan service? You know, like, you know, just how, you know, that way sort of like tip, tip of the cap to those that are expecting Ravager in the show but not actually getting it. Um, it's quite interesting to see what they're actually doing with the whole sort of idea. And, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I didn't expect Ravager to appear in arrow at all uh, i didn't actually think it would uh, you know they would play in quite well but with how isabel roshev has sort of developed over time um i think it's quite interesting to see how they're going to pull this out with and um and yeah that's that's basically sort of like how how i would sort of sum up with ravager you know it's just a it's a code name handed down by slade wilson and he uses that as a as a sort of term to anyone he sort of teams up with and people who want to take down deathstroke use the the sort of the costume and the name Ravager to sort of get close to him, and um, because obviously he can't see who's actually under the mask, so a lot of people have used that in order to kill him. But um, but yeah, that's that's my kind of summary of Ravager. So so um, saying that that they they try and kill Deathstroke, do you think that Isabel and Arrow could turn to the other side and go Team Arrow and? 
I don't think I don't think they'll team up, but I can yeah. see I, I, what I can what I what, what I would like to see is that I reckon Slade's not going to die, right? One hundred percent, definitely not, right? I reckon Slade will get cured, right? And I reckon when when he gets cured, all the guilt and all the, the psychoticness of him will sort of like you know get too much, and he'll just give up, and he'll decide that that's that you know he's he's lost the war for the city and. And you know that's him done. You know he's 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 a broken man now. He doesn't have his Mercurio serum in him. And I reckon when Isabel Rochef, you know, figures that out, she'll don on her Ravager costume again and try and kill Slade. I think that could be a good way to try and do. It. You know, her way she looks at him, sees him as a weakling, and decides to take him out. You know, seeing oh you're you're no you're not you're half the man that that I that I knew. Bam, try and take him down, and then maybe Isabel ends up dying. Um, at the end of it, because I can't really see how they're going to move on with Isabel Rochev. Like, you know, I don't think she's good enough to be a villain on her own. Uh, and yeah, I just, you know, and even in interviews previously, they did say the reason Isabel hasn't been about that much until now is because they themselves didn't know what to do with the character. They didn't know whether or not to have her as a an ally to Oliver Queen or as what's now transpired, uh, a villain. So I could see easily see Isabel Rochev dying possibly at the hands of one of Team Arrow and the reason she's dying is because she's going to try and kill um, kill Deathstroke after he's been cured. That's why I reckon it'll happen. If that happens, then I'm the greatest guy that's ever lived, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I mean, I mean, if, if you want to try and get into Ravager, uh, hit up any of the old, old school Teen Titan um, comic books from the early 90s because Ravager appears in there quite a wee bit and as I said it first started off it's just a title you know with uh, about five different people uh, in through it. I don't think Ravager has met up yet in the new 52 I think there's been quite a wee bit of a change up with Deathstroke's family I've got a funny feeling his, uh, his kids are dead in the new 52 don't hold me to that though I need to double check with the new 52 when I'm at the chance to uh, read up on that one but Ravager was very prominent though through the Teen Titans and uh, and yeah I mean like, have a look into it because it's it's quite good it's, it's good to see a, another character that can sort of like take on Deathstroke because it always is, is, is one of his family members or somebody he knows very well that dons on the, the mantle of Ravager and they always go apeshit towards Deathstroke so it's quite cool to see somebody you know take yeah, someone to take him on with the same sort of skill set as mm. Deathstroke does and uh, it's it's worth it and it's quite a confusing way they've tried to sort of reinvent the character by giving the mantle to different people but it still gives it, it still gives a bit refreshing and having Isabel Rochev underneath it made sense in Arrow as well and I'm quite intrigued to see where they take it you know is she going to is she going to be alive for one and if she is going to be alive it'll be interesting to see whether or not is she going to come back in season three is she just going to get like slammed into Bell Rev or Iron Heights prison uh, see what happens but yeah cool. there we go well that was good that 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 opened my mind a wee bit more to what could happen with her, and we'll need to wait and see. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, tune in next week where we'll have another episode, uh, obviously. Uh, Arrow, Volume 4, New 52, and uh, the current episode that's airing right now of Arrow. So, Ross, what would you like to tell the folks? Where can they get us? 
Yes, uh, everyone can catch up with us uh, with all things Starland City Radio. Uh, you can get us over our website, starlandcityradio.tk. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. Just uh, search for Starland City Radio. Uh, please follow us on Twitter, at Starland Radio, and post up any questions and any opinions you have of the show. And uh, like us over at facebook.com forward slash Starling Radio, where we'd love to get some discussions and questions going. Especially now we're coming up to the, sort of the end of the season. We'd like to hear your thoughts overall of what you thought of the season, your highlights, your low points. It'd be brilliant to try and get something going on with that. Mm. We're also now part of the Comics Podcast Network, and we're still part of All Games Network, where you can listen to us on Friday nights before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, I believe. Yes, yes. So... Yeah, get us in all those places. And if you like me and Ross talking comics, there's a brand new comic podcast you can find us on. Comic Book 101, its premiere episode will be debuting soon on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Follow us at Comic Book 101 on Twitter and find us on Facebook for updates on that. We covered Saga this this month. It's going to be a monthly one. Um, and yeah, that, apart from that, that's all we've got time for. Apart from, obviously, Ross's quote of the week. And I felt like I'd give him a longer one. I don't know why I chose this one. There's no reason this week, but on you go, Ross. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not kidding myself. I know the reality of the situation. The reality is that people like me don't have children. We are children, dressed up and playing cowboys and Indians with real bullets and real arrows. But there's a part of me that really wants to believe I'd give it all up just to be a father. Ah. That one's going out no. to Connor Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening, folks, and tune in next week. Bye now.